being strong and courageous doesn't just mean being able to beat everything that comes your way. Because the reality is that you need to be strong and courageous to get back up after a failure too, you know? Like, that requires strength and courage. Following the command of being strong and courageous as God has told Joshua and as God has told you doesn't just stop with being able to, it doesn't just look like being able to defeat every obstacle that comes your way because there are going to be some obstacles that knock you on your butt. And in that space, while you're on your butt, God is still telling you to be strong and courageous and you need that strength and you need that courage in order to get back up and get back in line after a failure. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I am your host, Emmanuel Heke. It's episode 130. This is probably like the 30th take that I've taken i don't know like it's the first 30 seconds of this show that just i gotta get all the jitters out so like i just like my third take guys but here we are you know what i'm saying january 10th um 19 days away from the unassociated poetry jam um i don't know if you guys so if you guys saw that post so things are going to be a little bit different this poetry jam this is going to be an unprecedented poetry jam all right is everything going to go exactly how we all planned and how we all wanted no it's not 50% capacity. COVID's been on the rise, and we have to make sure that we make sure that you're safe, right? So 50% capacity, unfortunately, um, I think we're at that, so we're not going to be able to sell any more tickets, all right? Um, If anything changes, of course, we'll announce it, but as of right now, um, that's done. That's over with. But, you know, we have a very big community, and I want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity um, to listen in on this show and to watch this show. So I'm happy to announce that we will be live streaming for the first time ever. We will be live streaming the Unassociated Poetry Jam. Um, this is going to be an experience. We've never live streamed any event, any Poetry Jam that we've done. If anything, I did the, you know, couple live streams on IG Live. But, you know, um, thankfully, my church, which is the venue, we have the equipment already and stuff like that. So we are going to live stream this this poetry jam. And I pray and I implore you to show up to that virtually. You know what I'm saying? Like be a part of that experience virtually. Um, we're going to announce, you know, we're going to drop the link. It's gonna, the link is going to be in our, um, in our bio. Um, but we're still trying to to solidify what exact platform we're going to use. That will be decided this uh, week. So be on the lookout for that. But we will be live streaming this Poetry Jam from anywhere in the world. You are going to be able to watch this Poetry Jam. There are a lot of you that tune in. You're in South Africa. You're, you're in um, Kenya. You're in the UK. You're in Nigeria. You're in Australia. Shout out to you guys and shout out to everybody else. Bosnia. Uh, where, where else Where else can I go off the top of my, top of my head? Germany. Um, where else? Where else can I think of the top of my head? Um, okay, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't name more right now. But, yo, 
we have a worldwide community and I love you guys and I'm so thankful for you guys and I want you guys to show up and show out. The link will be dropped um, this week or the next week, but we're going to at least solidify what platform we're going to be on and get everything set so that live stream is going to be nice. Hopefully, by God's grace, it's not going to be choppy. It's not going to be ugly. None of that. It's going to be fire. All right. So by God's grace. So <clears throat> today we're going to talk about failure. Right. And before I get to what we're going to talk about, there's something that I wanted to do that I've never done on this show. And I apologize for never doing it on this show, but it's something that I feel should be done on this show and should be done on this show more often. I'm going to open up my phone and I'm going to go to Apple Podcasts and I'm going to read a review. All right. You guys are showing me a lot of love. You guys show me a lot of appreciation. So shout out to Jesse Black. Um, and she wrote, God brought me to this one. I was raised a Christian all my life. That for me can get confusing. The episode I forgot about grace was literally what I've been struggling with for years. Emmanuel through and by God makes clear how to keep a tight relationship with God. And here's the thing. <clears throat> First of all, Jesse Black, I do not know who you are, but I know who you are and you know who I am and we could be friends now. Um, nah, but like for real, I, I, I thank you for the kind words and I thank you for the reviews that you guys have put in. Um, because you know, there'll be those little times, man, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll just stumble upon them cause we, we don't get notifications or nothing when we see the reviews. So it's really just like, if you go there, it's there. Um, and you stumble upon a man and like, I'll read something like that. And it warms my heart so much. Like, you know, the reality is that there is a lot of people who, who don't entirely know the gospel still. And I am privileged. It's not by my own power. It's not by my own might. It's not because I'm more righteous than anybody else. It's not because I'm better than anybody else. I'm privileged to have been put in this position to where I can be helpful to anybody here. I'm so happy and I'm so fulfilled and I'm so blessed to be in this position. I'm blessed to be in a position to where I can see how God has brought me through these different areas of life and then help with you guys, you know what I'm saying? Like articulate the things that he's taught me to you guys. This is what I love to do. I really appreciate that Jesse Black. I really appreciate everybody else that's put in a review and um I I really appreciate the love guys. And I and I feel like I just really have to say that before I get everything going. But today, all right? Today. Today we are going to talk about failure. I don't like to fail. I'm Nigerian. Okay? We have we have a saying that says Nigerian they carry last. You know I never like to fail. I've never I'm a very competitive human being. I'll tell you that much. I've been competitive my whole life. It's not by choice. It's just it's just it's a part of our blood. It's just we, you know, it's just that's what it is. Um, and as of recent, you know, one thing I always prided myself on was being a great debater. <clears throat> Throughout high school, we'd have these little, you know, debates and stuff like that. I think it was, I forgot what class it was. It was like, it was AP Gov or something like that. We had these little debates. I would love it. I would love it until I got tired of it because I feel like I look stupid. But anyways, nevertheless, you know, I've never been one to run away from the fate, the verbal fate. You know what I'm saying? Debating, going back and forth. Excuse me. I debated so many atheists in my days. I have so many Muslims, all of that stuff. I... You know, and, and a lot of it, I'll be honest with you, a lot of it comes out of emotion. A lot of it comes out of pride. A lot of it comes out of frustration. And since then, you know, God has kind of like told me to reel it back just because it's not coming from a place of love that I get into a lot of these debates. It's coming from a place of anger. Um, and rather recently, 
I must say that I made, I failed. I made a mistake. And as I was trying to f- call out um, a false teacher, I mean, he's, he's a false teacher. I don't know if he would consider himself a teacher, but like, whatever, I'm just going to call him a false teacher. And, but the way I went about calling the guy out, first of all, I was completely misread. It was completely out of eagerness. It was out of ignorance and out, it was out of frustration. So much so to Emmanuel Heke had to humble himself enough to apologize for the way I went about doing that. It was like in the comments on a social media platform. I'm only going to say a social media platform because I don't need you people trying to go look for the conversation. But nevertheless, it was not something that I was proud of. And I had to apologize because I, I, was, I was just wrong. It was, a misread, it was a misread. And oh boy, did his followers really let me have it. They really did. And it's been something that I was thinking about for a little bit of time. And there was a lot of layers to why I was so upset with that. But ultimately, it was a failure. I tried to call out a false teacher. I did it in very immature and uninformed way. And all it did was, if anything, maybe just make the guy more popular or what. It just didn't. The If the mission was to try and get people to turn away from this guy, that was not, <laughs> that, that mission was not fulfilled. And it was a failure that I had. Now, I have many uh, many failures, but this is the most recent one, or at least that I can remember that comes to my knowledge. But, you know, this this definitely bothered me for multiple reasons, right? It's very unlike me to just go into a debate like that, or I would say it was just it was just very immature and it was pretty uncharacteristic like. And I think the part that really hit it home for me as to why I was so disappointed was because it just made me feel worse about myself because I did such a bad like it was just like, man, like that was such a big fail, a big L that I took that it's just like, man, like I and especially on on a matter of God. I feel like I made God look bad. I feel like I made myself look bad. Um, and I feel like a lot of us, when we have those failures, that's what it is. We make ourselves look bad. We make other people look bad. We make God look bad. And ultimately, it just always down on our shoulders, the failures that we have, right? And even if we were to, you know, apologize for the things that we did, or even if we were to try and fix the things that we did, it doesn't change the fact that we failed. And there's a lot of you guys that have failures that are eating away at you. And I wanted to have this conversation because I had a failure that was eating away at me for a while. Um, But I thank God for his resolution. Today, we're going to talk about a man named Joshua, who is really on his way to taking my spot as my favorite person in the Bible, taking David's spot as my favorite person in the Bible. Um, You know, Joshua was was a man. He became the leader of Israel after Moses. Um, and honestly, when you read the book of Joshua, please read the book of Joshua. This man, he got a lot of dubs. Like most of the book of Joshua is just him winning, 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 winning wars, winning wars, winning wars, and then distributing a whole bunch of land to the Israelites. Right. His job was to commute these people, the children of Israel that were on the perimeter of the promised land into the promised land, defeating all of these civilizations, wiping out all of these civilizations as instructed by God, because God judged these civilizations to be unrighteous. Um, and that's really the book of Joshua. But Joshua's life did not come without failure. There's a failure that we're going to talk about in chapter seven. I'm not going to read Joshua chapter seven and, you know, everything in in these passages just because, you know, it's, it's pretty long. Right. And probably take away from the point. But I'm going to tell you what happened. Right. So Joshua was the leader of Israel. He has an army and they're going to take over the land of Israel. Right. The promised land. Right. They do it. 
they start off with Jericho. Jericho, you know the story, Jericho, the walls of Jericho, they walked around it, I think, what, seven times or technically seven, 14, 15 times. Um, and then the walls came tumbling down, then they destroyed everything, right? Um, but there was something that God told them before they went to Jericho. They said, make sure that you don't take any of the treasures for yourself, the treasures of Jericho for yourself. And if you do, you're going to have problems. All right. You got to remember that. So the time comes and best believe there's some person that takes treasures for himself. Right. So after they've now defeated Jericho, they are going to move on to the next place. If I mispronounce this, sorry, I'm going to say it's Ai, right? They're going to a place called Ai. Ai is a small place. They send spies up and the spies say, oh, this is a small amount of people that live here. Their army is not that big. We don't even need our whole army. Let's just go over there, wipe them out real quick, and we'll be straight. Joshua said, cool. All right. So they go up and they try to conquer Ai and they get pummeled. They get emphatically defeated. And that's where we find Joshua. In Joshua chapter 7, starting at verse 6, when he is a wreck because of the defeat that they just witnessed um, by the hands of a town or a country, a small country that they should have been able to wipe out without, a, without any issue. Joshua chapter 7, verse 6, Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. Excuse me. And Joshua said, Alas, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across, excuse me, across Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say? Now that Israel has been routed by its enemies, the Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe us out, wipe out our name from the earth. Then, what then will you do for your own great name? Mm. Wow. So it looks like Joshua is really spazzing out right now. He, really, he feels really bad about this failure. And the thing is, the failure wasn't directly his fault. Maybe you can make the case because he was the leader. But, you know, he's really spazzing out. You know, for us, when we fail, we get we get, you know, we're sad about how people is going to look at us. But it looks like Joshua, was, you know, he, he was a good guy, man. He, he was more concerned with God's name. Right. But nevertheless, a failure. He failed. He felt really bad about it. He rent his clothes. He tore his clothes up. You know, he fell face down onto the ground. Many of us, you know, we might not tear our clothes, but falling face down to the ground, hanging our head down, got snot coming out your nose when you fail, crying, or just feeling really bad, feeling really down. I feel like we've been in similar situations as Joshua's been in. Well, let's see what God's response was to Joshua after the failure, especially a failure that came from disobedience. Let's see what um, God's response was to Joshua. Continuing in chapter, I'm sorry, continuing in verse 10. Then the Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned 
They have violated my covenant. Remember I told you that there was somebody that took a treasure to themselves when they shouldn't have. They violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things they have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with any with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is so devoted to destruction. Hmm. That was God's response to Joshua. The children of Israel failed. Joshua has his robes and everything all torn up, lying on his face. And God tells him, stand up. What are you doing on your face? And then he proceeds to tell them why they failed. And then he proceeds to tell him what he needs to do in order to fix it all. Hmm. Our reactions to failures is that we become very hysterical. The world is crumbling around us. We've let people down. We let ourselves down. We've let God down. Hmm. And a lot of us, we, we feel like being on the ground, putting our face on the ground. That's the right reaction to do. Oh, we have so much shame. Oh, we have so much. We think so lowly of ourselves. But as God told Joshua to get up, he's telling you to get up as well. The reality is that God is not the voice that's telling you to stay down. God is not the voice that's calling you an idiot. God is not the voice that's calling you a failure. God is the voice telling you to stand up. Why are you on your face? And this, my friend, is where we see the grace of God displayed, even in the Old Testament. We see the grace of God displayed because God is not the place he's not he's not in the place where he's saying that Israel. I told Israel specifically, do not do this. Every person in that camp knew you're going into Jericho. You don't take any of the treasures for yourself. Everybody knew that. But then they just blatantly outright defied you. Who can say that God is wrong for saying, you know what, I'm done with you guys. Who can, who can say that God is wrong for us failing after he has literally given us the instructions? Failing when he's given us the strength. Who's to say that God is wrong for judging us to just throw us away? Hmm? But that's not what the grace of God does. Unfortunately, that's what we do in our heads. But God's not going to do that. What God is in the business of doing is he's in the business of saying, stand up while you're crying. It's not dripping down your nose. Stand up. God is saying, stand up. Why is your face on the ground? The reason why you failed is because of this practical reason. <laughs> you failed because of this reason and you need to fix this reason. Like I had failed. And ultimately, I would I would I would make it due to my eagerness and ignorance. Eagerness and ignorance is such a terrible mix. I tell you, a lot of bad things come from eagerness and ignorance. Zeal without knowledge. That's what my uncle would say. Zeal without knowledge. It just it just reaps failure and and just bad things. A lot of things that could have been avoided. But nevertheless, God is the one that's telling you to stand up. Just like he told Joshua to stand up. 
because the reality is, and I read this in, in in one of my devotionals, the reality is that you cannot change your failures. Like you can't change them, right? Unless it's one of those failures where it's just like, oh, you're currently continuing to fail because you continue to ignore this thing. But like in the, in the account where it's like there was one failure and that you just failed there, that and now that is in the past, you can't change that. So can I be the one, if nobody else was the one to ever tell you that you can move on from that now, I'm telling you now, you can move on from that. You know why? Because there's grace for that. Because the grace of God exists. Remember, the grace of God is something that we do not deserve. It's not something that we earn. Right? Like me being a servant of, the, of God is not because I did everything right. No. It's not because I do everything right. And it's not because God looked into the future and said that Emmanuel's never going to fail. No. In fact, he knew that I was going to fail. And he told me that, hey, there's grace for that. He told me that there was grace for that. But nonetheless, we get hysterical. We get hysterical. And then there's people that go as far to say that, you know what? I don't deserve to, to be valuable in the eyes of God because of my failures. Oh, see, you know, the thing that God specifically told you that you can do and you have the ability to do, you're now going to shrink back and say you can't do it because of some failure in the past. You'd rather listen to your failures than listen to God. And this is really the life of a Christian. And this is why we have to walk by faith and not by sight. And that's not just in, in regards to being hopeful for the future when you don't see things, you know, looking the right way. That's also being able to not focus on the past and walk with faith not allow the things that the failures of the past to be projected onto the future it's a, it's a real problem that a lot of us have you know because the reality is that hey god still wants to use you you failed yeah i failed too and god still wants to use you I know, you know, you fail on your basketball team, you get benched. You know, you, you fail at work, you get fired. You fail in all these different spaces and there's always repercussions, right? And I'm not saying that God never has repercussions. Chastisement of the Lord is a real thing, right? But nevertheless, we have something called the grace of God. And it's hard for us to live this natural life where these or where we only get what we deserve and then also be able to understand what grace is. But we have to understand what grace is. That's how we're going to be able to get back up. Because God says that, hey, yeah, you messed up. Yeah, you failed. This is what you're going to do to fix that. This is why you failed. You're going to fix that. And then we're going to go again. Hmm. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 6. We see God speaking to Joshua. And there's something that he told him there. It's, he said be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their ancestors to give them. All right. That's what God told him in um, chapter one. Chapter seven, Joshua was on his face. But in chapter one, he told him to be strong and courageous. In many cases, we read be strong and courageous and we think that it's just about being active and like be strong and courageous, press forward and so on. 
But, you know, I started thinking to myself, man, I, I'm a UFC guy, right? I like to watch the UFC. I don't know if I should be watching the UFC. But nevertheless, you know, I haven't been convicted about it. Well, I'll pray more about it because I know some people are going to be like, well, you watch the UFC. Yeah, I watch the UFC. I really like it. And what's so interesting to me is that a lot of the greatest of all times in the UFC, although there are some that have never lost, but some of the greatest of all times, they have lost. Some of them have embarrassing losses. You know? I started thinking about GSP. Arguably, I'm not, not even arguably, he's definitely, you know, top two, top three. Anderson Silva, he's lost. GSP is lost. Amanda Nunes, she's lost before. She just lost recently. You have all these greatest of all times that have lost. They've suffered defeat. And then you start to think to yourself, you know what's so interesting is that being strong and courageous doesn't just mean being able to beat everything that comes your way. Because the reality is that you need to be strong and courageous to get back up after a failure too, you know? Like, that requires strength and courage. Following the command of being strong and courageous as God has told Joshua and as God has told you doesn't just stop with being able to, it doesn't just look like being able to defeat every obstacle that comes your way because there are going to be some obstacles that knock you on your butt. And in that space, while you're on your butt, God is still telling you to be strong and courageous and you need that strength and you need that courage in order to get back up and get back in line after a failure. But instead, we try to disqualify ourselves. Hmm. We try to disqualify ourselves after we fail. We start to think to ourselves, man, maybe I'm not the person that God's called me to be because I failed. I don't think that that was going through Joshua's head, but it definitely goes through our head all the time, right? We start to question who we are. And you know what's funny is because, you know, unassociated has been... You know, the message that this ministry rests on is, is a message on identity. When we talk about how your past doesn't define you, your mistakes do not define you, your environment does not define you, how people perceive you does not define you, your failures do not define you. And the reason why they don't have to define you is because of the grace of God that he has distributed to you. It's because of the grace of God. When we talk about failures, it's similar to how we talk about our sins. You know, a lot of us, we have those sins of the past that we still, ooh, makes us flinch when we talk about them, you know? And the worst part about them is that we had friends back then and we had people around us back then who, to this day, still define us based on the sins that we committed in the past. Just like we have people who were around in those times where you fell on your butt and you failed. And to this day, they define you by your failure. And that's the hardest that's one of the hardest things about failing and the hardest thing about getting over failure and sin is that there are people around you in those times where you failed and sin that are going to find you by that failure and that by that sin but what i need you to understand is that there is a truth teller above all types of tellers there is a being that says the truth when everything else says a lie. There is a being that has the final say. And the reality is that being is Yahweh. That being is God. And he's saying that after you sin and after you fail, you can get back up because of his grace over your life. And you do not have to allow those things to define you. Just like God did not expect the sins of Israel to define the sins of Israel, which is why he sanctified Israel. Just as like he does not 
think that the sins of that of your past and the failures of your past should be able to define you. Greater is he in you than he that is in the world. He has overcome the world. <laughs> Man, I tell you. We serve a God that makes up for our shortcomings. We serve a God that makes up for our failures. Guess what? We serve a God. Yeah, our failures in and of themselves, our, our sins in and of themselves are, are terrible. But we serve a God that could even turn those things into better things, into blessings by somehow using it to mold us into better people. I experienced my own failure and how now I am here today on January 10th, 2022, and I can speak about it. And I can speak to, to you a message that I that I that I believe can edify you, right? Isn't it funny how he can even take the mess ups, the screw ups, and turn them into a blessing? That's when we're talking about the power of God. It's not time to fret. It's not time to just stay on your butt. It's not time to rent your clothes and 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 put your face on the ground. It's time to get up. It's time to get practical. Why did you fail? Did you ever thought about that? I know you, you want to just say that you failed because you're not good enough. You want to say you failed because you're stupid. You failed because you're this. You failed because... Yeah, but what's the real reason? Can we pinpoint the reason? God pinpointed the reason. He said, it's that guy right there. <laughs> He's the one that took the treasures. Get him out of here. So maybe the next time we fail, we don't have to start trying to rediscover who we are because our failures make us think that we're not the person that God has created us to be. Maybe instead, we get up and we get practical. And we ask ourselves, hmm, what went wrong there? Okay, okay. How can I get rid of this thing so then I can do better? Can we just keep it at that? Is it, is it cool if we can just keep it at that? Nothing has to define you. Nothing has to change. You don't have to now reconsider. Oh, man, I did an episode a long time ago about that. I got to find out. I don't even know what episode is a long time ago. You don't have to reconsider your identity after a failure. Because of God's grace, you can use that time and reestablish your identity by depending on God to get you back up and get back in line. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this episode. Thank you so much for your goodness, Alpha and Omega. We thank you for making up for our shortcomings. We thank you for making up for our failures and our sins and our, and the ways that we just, oh, man. Thank you for putting up with us, oh God. And thank you for loving us and not loving us any less. Take all the glory. Father, continue to be with us in this year. In the wins and in the failures, oh God, we will draw closer to you. We will become better. Let your name be glorified in our lives, O King of kings and Lord of lords. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. If you haven't already, please, 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 guys, if you could like and you can subscribe on YouTube, um, you know what I'm saying, uh, and, and share this episode with someone who you believe that needs it, straight up. I love you guys. 19 days away. 19 days away from... Poetry Jam. It's going to be an amazing night. Peace. Mm -hmm.